You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action talking all things Texas A&M, and happy National Signing Day. Now, I know it's not the actual National Signing Day, but when you really think about it and you see these kids nowadays, it feels like the 2020 and every other early signing period is actually the National Signing Day. So, let's go ahead and break through some of the tr- the guys that we already know are going to sign. Let's look through some of the names that possibly could sign. We already have the letter of intents that have received, so we have some names to talk about on this list. Before we begin, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show, and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to help make this a more quality-sounding podcast, Monday through Friday, give me a follow at Mr. Cole Thompson, and I will put it into the repertoire to make sure it is on the list to get through. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12th May-related content found here on LOP. You can always subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. The 2020 early signing period usually now preferred to as National Signing Day because so many of these early recruits sign so quick in advance, is finally here, and now we have a better look at the actual class ahead. Now, of course, there's always going to be names that can flip last second, but there's a couple names I really want to point out that are going to be essential to the team's success in the upcoming year. Kind of what we've seen from guys like Devon Shane. What we've seen from guys in the past like Damani Richardson, Jalen Weidemeyer. Let's just break down a couple names that I really think are going to. But before that, here is the national letter of intent that have been received by College Station. They will be members of the 2021 Aggies class. Cornerback Tyreek Hill from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Defensive end Jason Harris from Brooklyn, New York. Cornerback Deuce Harmon from Geyer in Denton, Texas. Quarterback Eli Stowers. This was the big name Eli Stowers. Coming out of Denton, Texas as well. Same high school as uh, Bryce Har- uh, Deuce Harmon. Defensive tackle Albert Regis from LaPorte. Safety Kendall Daniels from Breggs, Oklahoma. Defensive end Shamar Turner from the likes of DeSoto, Texas. Here's why I say this one is so important to remember. Because Shamar Turner is from the exact same high school that produced talent like Von Miller. Offensive lineman Ruben Favre from Foster High School in Richmond, Texas. Offensive lineman Remington Strickland from Fort Bend Christian Academy right here in the greater Houston area in Sugarland. Land. Quarterback uh, uh, Drayden Norwood from uh, North Shore High, High School in Fort Smith, Arkansas. Athlete Euclid Brown, very similar to what Devon Shane does. I think he's actually going to be playing on the defensive side of the ball more than the offensive side from Central High School in Miami, Florida. Running back Amari Daniels from Central High School in Miami, Florida. And Trey Zahn from Fort Collins, Colorado. All will be a part of the Aggies 2020 class. And my bad, it's actually Zune, and we're going to actually start with Zune talking about a player to watch for in 2021. When you look at someone like Zune, The biggest thing that you have to realize is he is someone who I think is going to make a massive impact for a reasoning that isn't his own reasoning. Zune's a four-star recruit. He had offers from Notre Dame, Ohio State, and Oklahoma. He was the number two prospect in Colorado and the number 21 offense tackle in the class. 
I think he's going to have a very similar build to what Kenyon Green did. This is a long, athletic, sound kind of pass protector. Good at driving defenders back in the run game. Good at having a small, a stout stance when it comes to building up, you know, building up, you know, pass protection sets. The thing that I love about him is that he can be a multi-tool player. And with the offensive line taking a hit this upcoming offseason with Dan Moore, with Jared Hawker, with Ryan McCollum, with, you know, uh, with, uh, with Carson Green all going, you only have one starter back, which means the entire 2019-2020 class and the 2020-2021 class all will have the opportunity to immediately build this offensive line. I think you're going to see Zoon be exactly what you were seeing from Kenyon Green. Probably going to finish his career off as a tackle, but he's going to start it off as a guard. I think that you're going to see a lot of competition between him and Josh Bankhead. He was a three-star signing last year. You could see a lot of decision from him and uh, Dallas Walker. So there's a lot of different names to watch. Or Chris Morris, my bad. Uh, watch between him and Chris Morris. I think that he is someone who has the size that you want for a you know outs for an outside uh, pass protector. But I think he fits better as an inside blocker early on in his career. Next thing to look at is Eli Stowers. So here's the thing with Stowers that everyone wants to talk about. Is he the actual replacement for Kellen Mond? You have now one of the biggest names to come in to a and I mean, this is a huge, huge prospect. But you also had one of the best pocket passers last season in uh, Haynes King, kind of the program. So now Jimbo Fisher, in my opinion, and, and this is no offense to Zach Calzada. I, I think Zach is a great player. I think that he's very sound. I think that, unfortunately, he's either going to have to change positions or he's going to have to change schools if he wants to play. But I think when you look at Stowers, it's what does Jimbo Fisher want to run? Does he want to run a more spread offense that allows his quarterback to take off? Because if that's the case, he can. And because of, more importantly, Stowers is enrolling next month into the program, he's going to have an entire offseason to work alongside Fisher to see if he's the right guy. Keep in mind that he led the Wildcats to the state title game in 2020 after throwing 36 touchdowns, only four interceptions. It's something that Longview wanted to do. They weren't able to do. Stowers has done a fantastic job keeping his body in line, keeping his mindset, and he's done a great job for uh, Denton Geyer this past year. I just want to know, are you going to go the pocket passing route or are you going to go the route of dual threat mentality? And Jimbo Fisher actually could probably do something very similar to what we saw in 2015. When it was Kyle Allen, the incumbent starter, but Kyler Murray ended up coming in and making a bigger impact. And eventually, Murray had the, you know, of course, better career out of everything. Last name we got to bring up, it's the biggest one that the A&M's gotten this year, it's Shamar Turner. Shamar Turner is exactly what is going to happen to NFL players. He's already almost there. His final season stats, he tallied 60 tackles, 19 tackles for losses, 8.5 sacks, two forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries, and scored a touchdown. His first team all-district selection as a junior, and he was co-sophomore defensive player of the year. This is a big guy. He's 300 pounds. He moves like he is a lot less. He is able to get, you know, blockers out of his way. He is violent in the pass rush. He is great against the run. He consistently can get off blocks. This is what a defense needs. And the biggest thing that I'm always going to tell you, if you can always build up defensive lines, you will have success. Because a defensive line usually is there to do one of two things. Close gaps or pressure a quarterback. That is their job. And when you have a plethora of players 
who can do a little bit of both, like DeMarvin Leal, like Shamar Turner, like I would even say McKinley Jackson, you start having situational pass rushers, which is a massive thing in the NFL, and you bring it to the college level. That means that you will always have situations to where you may only see a guy like Turner play, I don't know, 20, 30 snaps last, next year. He may also have six sacks in those 30 snaps. So it allows him to be used as a vitalized player. It keeps him fresh. It keeps his body moving in the right direction. It keeps him going strong. But you don't have to always use him so much early. And that was something that you know a lot of people said about DeMarvin Leal when he came out was, why are we not using our five-star prospect early on? Well, it was actually really good that you didn't because teams didn't know how to block him towards the end of the season. And then going into this year, he only got bigger, he only got stronger, he only got better. And that's why he is A&M's best defensive player going into his junior season. There will be several names to watch for a national signing day, even though the class is not done. A&M currently has 18 commits in 2021, but two are expected to make their official announcement at some point during the day, one, of course, being Katie Tompkins, four-star defensive end, to Missy Adele, the nation's number 37 overall prospect, and definitely is going to be a weak side defensive end. His final three are AM, Alabama, and Florida, so he will be headed to the SEC. He'll announce his decision sometime on Instagram Live. The other name to watch for will be longtime LSU top 50 wide receiver JoJo Earl is going to declare if he will go to LSU. However, the Aggies have been making a push to try and get him late. And when you look at the wide receiver core in College Station right now, Earl could be a name that immediately jumps up the depth chart and becomes a key player. The name that you won't see today, but you should keep a close eye on, is top 100 offensive guard Bryce Foster. With this offensive line, needing a complete retool next season, Foster will decide on Friday if he is going to leave Katie Taylor to go to A&M in College Station or head up just to the I-45 road to Norman, Oklahoma to play for Lincoln Riley and the Sooners. The holiday season is right around the corner, and what's the best gift to give a loved one? Quiet and relaxation. Look, the way the world has been in 2020, we all know that you always have to be kind of on. You never have that moment where you can just sit back and relax because you're always on the go, go, go. That's why I recommend when you get the moment to chill, grab an ice-cold beer, and there's only one that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. Coors Light wants you to know no matter what sport is on this fall or winter season, Saturdays are your time to chill because it's an excuse to sit back and have uninterrupted meat time while drinking an ice-cold beer. Plus, the beers are cold lagered, cold pressed, cold filtered, and cold packaged, made by the great people of the Coors Brewing Company in Golden, Colorado, and it's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for a moment to unwind. I know during my stressful days with this holiday season around the corner, I sometimes need an ice cold one. And those blue mountains tell me every single time I'm going to be in for a delicious treat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you need to hit that reset button, reach for the beer that's literally made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. And always remember, celebrate responsibly. Guys, Locked on Aggies is brought to you by Bilt Bar. Now, you know the Bilt Bar promo code of the past, you know, 12 flavors. Now we have 18, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, and of course, lemon almond cheesecake. Now, these bars are more like candy bars than they are protein bars because they're soft and easy to chew and covered in 100% real chocolate. They're great for the health-conscious guy, someone like me who likes to stay in shape. But not only that, they can help you lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Because the bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for those on the keto diet. 
I love the peanut butter brownie flavored because it's got 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs. Guys, look at the ingredients on other protein bars. You're not going to find a product like this on the shelves. And when you go visit BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Stop eating your salty sweets and enjoy a delicious treat that will not only make you look better, but make you feel better. Built Bar from BuiltBar.com. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, the college football playoff committee is going through the process of trying to decide which four teams deserve to be in the college football playoff selection. So, you should listen to every single day this week one of the five shows, including Locked on Irish, Locked on uh, at Bama, Locked on Clemson, and of course, Locked on Ohio State. Jay Stevens, you know I love you, buddy, but unfortunately, you don't deserve to be in the college football playoff. While you're doing that, make sure you listen to all of our great college podcasting, as well as every team covered in the NFL, MLB, NHL, NBA, and highlight information to get you geared up and win your fantasy sports league. Subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. So Texas A&M has a monumental game this weekend, and while some people don't believe that it is a big deal, I think that it really is one of the better games to look at. Because of to me, this is a game that you can really step up and show yourselves. And it's not really an offensive game. This actually is more based off the defense. And here's why. The team recently made the switch from Jared Garantino to Harrison Bailey, the freshman quarterback out of Marietta, Georgia, The biggest thing is you don't have a lot of tape on Bailey, but what you do have shows if he is the future, the future is still a long ways away. Granted, he did win his big time game against the likes of Vanderbilt this past weekend, 42 to 17, through two touchdowns, 207 yards, 114 of 18 completion percentage. But you look at the rest of his games against better defenses alone. And this is the main one I'm bringing up. It was Arkansas. They had a shot to win. They put him in, and he struggled. 6-9 passing, 66 completion percentage for 65 yards. He had a QBR rating of 82.9, but he threw two costly interceptions. Those are the only two interceptions he has on the year, but he still threw two interceptions. One ended up going back, leading to a Felipe Franks touchdown. It's a young quarterback. It's a very young quarterback who still is trying to find his footing, And he's coming off of his best game. We've seen quarterbacks, when they come off their best game, sometimes struggle when they're young because they think that they control the world. They're on top of everything. They are exactly what this team needs. And Tennessee, the best they can be is 4-6 and this year. It's a down year for Jeremy Pruitt's squad. It's an up year for Jimbo Fisher's squad. And the run game for A&M is definitely something to watch for. But here was DeMarvin Leal talking a little bit about how to prepare for an offense like Tennessee? No matter um, the, the offense being a running or passing team, it doesn't matter. We all just get together and we're just going to be prepared for Saturday. Listen, Tennessee likes to run the ball with Eric Gray a ton, and they think that Eric Gray really is a difference maker. But when you take away Eric Gray's running ability, the team loses a lot. In games, Gray averages more than four yards per carry. They usually win. He averaged 5.7 against Vanderbilt. He averaged 6.6 against Missouri. And he averaged 4, I mean 7.9 against Auburn. Auburn was the one where they lost. And that was his best game of the year at 173 rushing yards off 22 carries. That was also his second most on the year. But 
When you look at when he averages less, Florida, he averaged 3.9. Alabama, he averaged 3.0. Georgia, he averaged 3.1. And then South Carolina, they only had 40 yards on the day. He did have a touchdown, though. Those are when he struggles. And what it means is you have to force the quarterback to throw. And no matter who's played quarterback this year for the Volunteers, it hasn't been particularly good. They That's why they went to Bryant recently, because they had to. They had to find out if he was the next big guy. Because if you look at Jared Garantano, even though he's thrown for um, he's thrown for 1,100 passing yards and he has a 62% completion rating, he's 6-4 and four in touchdown and interception ratio. That's almost exactly what Bailey's been in less games. Shrout is also, JT Shrout, he's also 3-2. and two. And Brian Maurer, the guy who they thought was going to be the next quarterback who last season kind of switched on and off with Garantano, he's only thrown... Nine passing yards the entire year. So he's definitely out of the conversation. I think it also starts up with the offensive line. The offensive line is a lot better at blocking in the run game than they are in pass protection sets. This past season against SEC opponents, they've allowed 26 sacks, 15 coming to Garantano, 8 coming to Bailey, 2 coming to Shrout, and 1, of course, coming to Maurer. But they're really good at stopping the run, and that's why when you look at Gray's stat line, he averages 4.9 yards per carry, but the team has over 1,300 rushing yards and uh, 12 of their touchdowns are on the ground. That's a total, Tennessee has 24 touchdowns on the year. They're split 50-50 in touchdowns, and the problem is it's really not 50-50 because of a majority of them are between different quarterbacks. I mean, half are from Garantano, who's played half the season, and the other half are from Bailey and Trout, who have played... Just minimal snaps and drives throughout games. So it really is a run-heavy team. Which means if pressure can be put on the defensive line to make stops early, Gray loves to hit through the A and B gap. If he they can stop them interiorly where Trey Smith is, who is a heck of a guard and is going to make one NFL team very happy next season, you have to wonder, is this where the team kind of finds their niche? You have to find a way to make this A&M pass rush, you know, not struggle. You have to make them add more pressure. The more consistent pressure you bring to a quarterback, the more there is to talk about. Coming up on tomorrow's show, who are the five Aggies in need of a big-time game on Saturday in Neyland Stadium? No, it's not the five who I think are the most important to the team. It's the five who will be back in 2021 and will need to make sure that their status as players, as a starter, is cemented. Make sure you tune in tomorrow wherever you get your podcast listening right here on Locked on Aggies or join us at LockedOnAggies.com. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson at Locked on Aggies. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast, iTunes, Spotify, or listen at LockedOnPodcast.com. And if you're a fan of the NFL, make sure you're listening to every NFL show this upcoming week because it is Crossover Thursday. Every week you have promo deals where teams cross over with their opponents. Crossover Thursday is a great way and a quick breakdown for every game for your fantasy team or for your parlay. Crossover Thursday is the only Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. So Texas A&M also has another sport going on right now, and I want to talk about it just a little bit, and it is basketball. Now, A&M did lose earlier this weekend to the likes of uh, TCU. It was their first loss of the season, which means that there is a good shot that 
it could be their only non-conference loss. I mean, no loss is good, but 73-55 to 55 is definitely not the best one. But you look at some other teams that they faced off against. You know, the very first game of the year, they won uh, against New Orleans, 82-53. to 53. They beat Tarleton and Billy Gillespie, 73-66. to 66. They beat uh, Rio Grande Valley, 89-51. to 51. And then last night, they had a big-time win, 69-52, to 52, over the likes of Southeastern Louisiana. Emmanuel Miller had his best game in a while. Scored 20 points, and I think he had, what, uh, 10 rebounds to help the team win uh, by over double digits. He finished 8-for-11 shooting. Uh, the biggest thing of all is also Andre Gordon, the team's number two, had 10 points for AM and was also 8-for-10 shooting from the uh, from outside the range. Savion Flag made a couple three-pointers. He also had uh, two, shot, uh, two shot fouls. Then you had back-to-back layouts from Quentin Jackson. They never trailed. That's the biggest thing you have to take away. In both halves, they led 39 to 21 and then won the game 69 to 52. So they continue to play very good basketball. They're four and one on the year. They are now ready to close out non-conference play in the next several days. I believe they have a. I want to say it's either one or two more games. I think it's one more game against Wofford. They'll play them on the 21st, which would be this Saturday. And then they'll come back after the Christmas break and open up against LSU. So far, I like the way this Aggie team is headed. They look to be very strong with their with their whole overall commits. Because if you have Emmanuel Miller, who's playing his better basketball as a sophomore, 18.5 points per game. Quinton Jackson, as the veteran, has been coming on. And then you have both Savion Flag and Andre Gordon playing those one and two roles, averaging 10 points a game. The biggest thing is they need a second big man. And who's going to be that guy? Is it going to be Jonathan Aku? Is it going to be JJ Chandler? Is it going to be Hayden uh, Hefner? Is it going to be Kevin Mar- Marlowe, who is <coughs> leading the team in blocks? So you look at all those things and you wonder, okay, what direction is this team headed in? And so far, it's looking to be a positive one with shooting. The biggest thing last year was their shooting was very average. For the team's sake this year, they played pretty well overall. Uh, they're, they're actually averaging a lot of different minutes. They're actually playing um, pretty consistent minutes if you really think about it. No one's really stepping out besides Miller as the main guy. But the three-point shooting is still down. They're averaging only 33% from the, th- uh, from the uh, three-point range. And their blocks are really low. They're only averaging two blocks per game. They're also averaging only, I believe it's uh, 30 rebounds a game, but they're scoring a lot. So the thing that I worry about is when you see this team play against conference, can they stop other offenses? Because they're going to be able to put up a lot of points and eventually that number is going to diminish. I don't think they're going to be 72 throughout the entire season, but I do think that they can be a lot higher scoring than they were last year. The biggest question is, how soon can that scoring pick up? That's going to do for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you come back tomorrow when we talk all things about the five players to watch for in 2021 after this game. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson at Locked on Aggies. And subscribe to the podcast here on iTunes, Spotify, or listen at LockedOnPodcast.com. We'll see you tomorrow. And remember, give me all. This has been Locked on Aggies. Presented by the Locked On Podcast Network.